I feel like, uh, Victor, you should be the one to introduce this particular episode. Introduce Lillian? Yeah, Lillian. Oh, okay. I guess I'll take their hands. I wasn't expecting that. I feel like you should be doing it because Ricks has known Lillian now for what? At least 15 years, oh, right? Oh, man. I've known her since she moved to... She became the senior minister of uh, First Congregation yeah. Church of Glen Ellen, was the senior minister there for a, nearly a decade. Uh, I was very young when I first met her. She took me under her wing as a mentee, got me into ministry in the first place, sent me off to seminary. Uh, very influential individual in my life. Now, the reason why I said that Victor should introduce this is because he's the one who spent most of the time uh, picking her brain oh, and that's challenging right. her theologically, whereas Neil and I were sort of sitting... Like, for me, I talked with her all the time, yeah. so I was, like, sitting off and all that. Neil, he was still a little shy at the time, like, not really, you know, super vocal about a lot of mm-hmm. stuff, but he does offer... Neil does offer some fun, like, right. commentary. But... Victor and Lillian, like, sort of go back and forth about spiritual but not religious and, like, going to church and stuff like that. It's a very, it's a very funny episode. It is very funny. It's a surprisingly funny episode. Yes, it's very good. And the crazy thing is, who would have thought a reverend was once in a punk rock band? Punk rock band. I know. So surprising. Some crazy stuff. Never judge a book by its cover. But, I mean, the fact that uh, even though Lillian has uh, moved on to bigger and better things in in the world of ministry, she moved to Iowa uh, shortly after we ended up filming, but... This this episode, again, another timeless episode that I think she provides a lot of really um, insightful commentary into why religion for a progressive or, like, moderate or reasonable rational person is important. Yes. Like, science and religion, not incompatible. Like, science and rationale, not – or uh, religion and rationale, not incompatible. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very – I find it enlightening. Yeah. And if you happen to just be a, a first-time listener or just have listened to a couple episodes... Then what are you doing? Do yourself a favor. Oh. Go back and listen to our special announcement between episodes 94 and 95 to figure out what is going on. Because this is not the normal routine that we normally no, do. And, and then do yourself right and go now, back and listen to... Uh, start with episode 95 at the beginning of this segment. And then when you're done with this segment, do yourself a favor. Go all the way back and start at episode number one. <laughs> And come back and meet up with us later. Meet us, meet yeah. us, meet us up in about a yeah. year from now. Yeah, yeah. meet us uh, a year from now. But anyway, enough talk on Stream of Thought featuring the Reverend Lillian Daniels. Or is it Reverend Doctor? Doctor Reverend. Which? Da- Daniel. Daniel, no I'm S. sorry. Yeah. I thought there was an S. But no. she's also a, a Reverend doctor. Do- Reverend Doctor. It's Reverend Doctor Lillian Daniels. Yes. Esquire. Esquire. Not Esquire, but. Reverend Doctor Lillian Daniels. Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so on today's episode of Straight Up, we have uh, minister and author Lillian Daniel. Uh, her One of her books is out. It's called When Spiritual But Not Religious Is Not Enough. She's also traveled uh, to speak. And uh, tell us some of the places that you've been to, actually. Um, well, let's see. I spoke at the Festival of Homiletics. Oh, what's that? Um, it's like a preaching <laughs> festival in Denmark. Okay. That was really cool. And it was yeah. like three weeks before I was going. And then I emailed the woman. I'm like, you do know that I don't speak Danish. And she was like, oh, no, it's okay. We all speak English. Cool. It was really cool. cool. How many places have you been anywhere where you're like, oh, my gosh, nobody here speaks English. How am I going to get yeah, around? Yeah, I felt like that in New Zealand. 
Yeah. Wait, no. What were you just, what were you just talking about? Oh, well, the, well, the, it's like, oh, New Zealand. Totally Wait, what? No, I don't know where we're going. No, you know what? I went to Thailand just for fun. Yeah. And I was out at the beach, and it was this very remote location where you could only get there by water. And I was like, shoot. No, it's truly, people did not speak English. It was really weird. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of tourists there, but they were from Japan, Australia. And it was pretty cool. Are people friendly in Thailand? Yeah, really yeah. friendly. I hear they're like very entertaining and love to have a good time and yeah. completely open about partying and things like that. Well, you know, they seemed very friendly. Of course, I didn't understand what they were saying. They probably were like, "Oh, we hate you." <laughs> Smiling, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. no, it was fun. It's a very open society. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. cool. So anyway, welcome to Straight Up. Thank this you, is uh, this is exciting because uh, this is a guest that I want to have on. So you guys have had your, you know. Shot so far. So uh, I've known Lillian for quite some time, and uh, she is she is quite the renowned uh, individual. She has quite the resume. And uh, I don't know, is there something that you want to share with our audience about yourself? Well, probably the most important thing about me is that I um, got to hear Rick's give the sermon on Senior High Sunday back in Glenelg. God, years pastor. and years he ago. Was oh, my he's gifted. He always had the magic. Is <laughs> that the magic? I like that. See, we should have her on more often. She's, you know, talking me up. Yeah, you. I don't know. Like watching Rick's preach is it's pretty cool because like he was a uh, like talking to Rick was always interesting. Yeah. But then like when I would see him preach and he was just so passionate about, it, I was like, okay, like it makes sense to me now. You know, kind of uh, why Rick's is the way he is. But uh, well, I remember when you were in Union Seminary in New York. And everything was Occupy Wall Street. And Ricks came back to DuPage County, Republican suburbs of DuPage County, and preached this whole, like, Occupy Wall Street sermon. <laughs> yeah. And it was, like, crickets in the congregation. <laughs> wait, awesome. wait. I didn't no get way. this. Awesome. I was like, it was, it was good. It no, was there fun. were some people, though, looking like they were about to jump out I, of their what skin. What the hell are you doing? It was great. Oh, that was fun. It's my home. I can totally do that. Yeah. I, have a, I have a right to say that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you'd met those people. You'd been there. So it was oh, fun. yeah. It was cool. I've never had a conversation with a you're you're a minister now yes. you you were a minister at another church now you're a minister at a new church yeah. congratulations by the way um like I've never had a conversation with a female minister what's it what's it like like is there backlash is it well, uh, yeah. Or... Well, I've never been a male minister, so I don't <laughs> really know what that feels like, okay, right? Okay. But I, I mean, but uh, it is that sense of like people are like, oh, wait, you're the minister, you know? Okay. You don't remind people of what they think a minister is going to be. If you read her book, she talks about that a little bit. <laughs> okay. But it, it, you know, nobody, you don't presume anything, right? Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know what it's like to to be in the other position, you know? Like, I guess, like, so what I'm getting at is a lot of the uh, um, women I hear mm-hmm. or are discriminated against in the workplace, do you feel like you receive that similar discrimination being yeah. in ministry as a lady? Um, I don't feel like I've been discriminated against. I've had great jobs and opportunities. Yeah. But I have a lot of friends who are just as smart and hardworking as me or better mm-hmm. who haven't had those chances. Okay. So there's a lot of discrimination in the church. I mean, my particular path has been good, but okay. um, and a lot of women quit, you know, because they just get tired of it. They just get tired of it. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. They call it the stained glass ceiling. The stained glass ceiling. Yeah. 
the stained glass. Who calls it the stained glass ceiling? Like the women clergy. Oh, really? That's like, like, you know, the glass ceiling. And a lot of times women clergy are the associate minister or it's presumed they want to work with children. Mm -hmm. So I was always like, I do not want to work (sighs) with your children. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it is. And, And in our churches, they can choose their own minister. So there's no kind of, like, affirmative action, like... There's nobody who can say you're going to take a woman if even if you don't want one. The congregation gets to choose, so in some ways it's slow moving. Got you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you earned your yeah. I got you. Well, it helps being a rebel too. Feel like you're a yeah. bit of a counterculturalist when it comes to a lot of the way the things work. Yeah. You know, anywhere from uh, gosh, punk rock band. What uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have more interest in that sort of. Yeah. Well, I was going to say uh, what led to just. Uh, just apply to Yale. Uh, just got in, and I'm gonna start. Go- like that's a really pretty prestigious school. Like, what made you just apply there, and what also made you kind of go in the direction of, to of ministry? Well, so actually, I applied to Yale Divinity School straight out of college, mostly so I could say I had something to do, you know. Right. And then, um, but I wanted to be a minister, and then I went to the church and said I wanted to be a minister, and I got rejected. So they told me not to go to Yale. They said I had no business oh, going Oh, man. Way. Like Michael Jordan yeah. didn't cut from the basketball team. <laughs> yeah. Just to come back as a champion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> nice. But I was devastated. But I took it seriously, and I went and worked for a couple of years. And then I ended up going anyway to Yale Divinity School. And then I was accepted in the ministry in a different denomination. Did they say no because you were a woman or because for some they were just like, who is this person yeah. asking us to be a Yeah, minister? no, they said that I was um, immature <laughs> And a thrill seeker, and um, I had issues with authority. Blasphemy. <laughs> All of which was true. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You had some haters back then. I did. But I, I feel did. then like from, like, people like you kind of like shake things up, make it a little more exciting than, than have mm-hmm. it be just so bland and boring, which is what a huge majority of people... Yeah perceive it to be when they're not a part of well, something I think, they like. Well, I think with the ministry, there's a lot of crazy people who want to be ministers, and so they have to have some way to weed people out. They got to have a seed card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they get, they get risk-averse, you know? So I think they weed out some of the crazy people, but they also weed out interesting people. You know, like I was in a punk rock band, and they were like, oh, you're you're immature. But then if you're immature and you're like this punk rock, you're like, no, I still want to do this, like, you'll eventually find your way to do it. Yeah, so I think so. Cool. And also it's like, hey, I'm like I'm not that old. Like, you know, it's like I was being punished for not being an old person. Like, you know, oh, you haven't had much life experience. It's like, you know, and back then like there's this big thing about um ministers who had had full careers mm-hmm. already in another field. So it's like, oh, you know, he was a partner in a law firm and now he's going to be a minister. Isn't that wonderful? And they'd be like, "Lillian, what career have you had? And I was like, well, I worked at the movie theater. Did some babysitting. But you know, you know? But, you know what's, but you know what's advantageous to hiring someone that's young and doesn't have yeah. experience of the world just crapping all over them? Like, I was watching a documentary on Star Wars the other night, and when George Lucas was making Star Wars, yeah. there were things he wanted to do, and they're all like, no, it can't be done. Like, this right. is impossible. And then he's like, and then they just hired a bunch of, like, people they are like 20, 25, 30 to figure out some crazy problem, they would never think that something wouldn't work, and he used them, and that's how they got all the crazy mm-hmm. uh, strategies to make the movie that now have been used for 30 years, 40 years, you know? Yep. We're going to see Star Wars this afternoon. Nice. <laughs> so tell us about the uh, 
uh, punk rock band? Okay, so I was in this punk rock band called Geek, um, and it was for a couple years, and I played the bass, and uh, it was, I mean, I broke up the band to go to Divinity School, and that was probably, like, the best I could have done for so the So you were taking world. full responsibility <laughs> to, for breaking the band up. I broke up. the band up, so when I broke the band up, when I went to school... Um, you know, everyone had to kind of break up because we were in D.C. And we were part of the D.C. punk rock scene that was around this um, Discord Records. And if you're familiar with that, it was like positive force, straight edge, you yeah, know. Right. Um, okay. And so uh, when I was going to New Haven, you know, that was it. But we had a tour, um, a summer tour where we like it was called the Wet Behind the Ears Tour. And it was three bands, Geek and then... Um, Seaweed from Seattle, and then Super Chunk from North Carolina, and they're still a band. Really? Yeah, they're all like classic a, names right there. Those super are all punk. super like punk rock. Yeah. Names. <laughs> if those yeah. were just on paper, and I just read them. I had to guess a genre for sure. Okay. Punk rock. What were some of the bands that you enjoyed listening to uh, growing up? Um, well, I I did not like listen to that much punk rock music, even though I played in punk rock band. I like funk music. That's my okay. favorite. <laughs> like, I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, that kind nice. of thing. I knew you had some <laughs> There we go. There but, we go. But Come the on. bands that, like, we were influenced by as a band was, like, well, the big band was Fugazi with Ian MacKay. And, um, and we once opened for them, and then we once opened for Sonic Youth. Okay. That was as kind of famous as we got. So what do you think would have happened with the direction of your band if you didn't go to Divinity School? Well, Jenny Toomey, our singer, who sort of was like the leader, you know, um, she went on to form another band that was like much more successful, so that was a good thing, and also has done some solo recording and stuff, and Derek Denkla is playing in a band now, um, and our drummer's like... Well, one of our drummers, Ivor Hansen, uh, wrote a book about being a window washer in New York. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. So, like, you know, everybody kind of yeah. went on and did interesting did their own things. Thing. You know what? Yeah. Everyone, when I was working in the city in the Hancock building and the window washers would come, everyone just kind of stopped and just kind of yeah. just kind of watched them. And when they'd be done, they'd go down. Everyone would just go back to work. Well, he wrote a book about doing that. It's <laughs> pretty interesting. Yeah. That's got to be really, really fucking scary. Yeah. Excuse yeah. my language, yeah. but, like, holy cow. Yeah. Well, he was, like, really tall, so maybe it wasn't as scary for him. <laughs> yeah, my goodness, though. Oh, that creeped yeah. me out. But the band was really, um, it was really fun. I mean, I was the least talented in it, and others took it more seriously, you know. So so they kind of went on and did better things. But I loved being in it. Would you say, um, just kind of change gears here, going back to you growing up and choosing the path that you did, mm-hmm. would you say there was a series of events your whole life that led you to go to Divinity School and do what you do? Or do you think that there was just, or was there just like one particular thing that maybe just happened for you? Or how would you describe your path as from where you started as a child to where you are now? Well, I grew up overseas and my dad was a journalist. So we would move to a different country every couple of years. So Japan, Thailand, India, the Philippines, Hong Kong, London, Jealous um, already. Yeah, well, and it was a crazy life, but I didn't know any different. But the one thing that was the same was church. We we went to Anglican churches, or Episcopal, they're called here. And so, you know, you'd say the same prayers and sing the same songs, and it's very, you know, sort of like this prayer book. Right. And I, I think it's, yeah, you don't need a degree in psychology to say, you know, that was my stability. And I think I kind of was drawn toward the church for that reason. Okay, so... 
all of these world travels you had, but mm -hmm. the consistency with the church kind of influenced you yeah. wanting to go into ministry. Yeah, and my yeah. family was, you know, pretty crazy, and so, you know, church yeah. was a nice place. Cool, to good crazy, I hope. Uh, yeah, well, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, they're good people. Yeah, oh, yeah, we've yeah. all got that going on. Cool. So you want to get into ministry. You decided to be in a band. Mm -hmm. You did your thing in a band for a little bit. Yeah. You ended up going to Divinity School mm -hmm. in Yale. Mm -hmm. Okay. And tell us about what your experience was uh, like at Yale. Uh, Yale was great. Yeah. I, um, uh, I had a great time there. She I has mean, all those Yale tendencies. You just give off that vibe. I do. Yeah. Um, There's like an insider circle for people who go to Yale. It's like in the UCC. It's like... <laughs> Anyone well, of notoriety has gone to Yale at least once in their life. That's it's awesome. better than people who go to Harvard. Like, people who go to Harvard are the worst. They're always like, oh, I went to school in Cambridge. You're like, what school did you yeah, go to? Of course. And they, like, won't yeah. say it. And they like, then you just know they're saying, like, I went to Harvard. Harvard. Victor, yeah. Victor Sedino did that, actually. Huh? He did that, actually. This yeah. can be edited. Oh, right? no, like... <laughs> like, like, okay, so oh, we were talking. Yeah, Cambridge. And, um... He's a super humble guy. Yeah, no, no, but, no, no but, he is, but we are. Uh, what everyone but knows. But it is so like, annoying. He's going to reach his wedding, yeah. and we formed, like, a friendship afterwards. So I was in Minnesota yeah. visiting an old friend, and I told Victor, and Victor met us up there. And they were like, oh, so where, where'd you go to school? And he did that same yeah. thing. Oh, so I was just going Cambridge. Yeah, like, it's like. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, like, you reenacted pretty much that scene for me. It's so true. It's so true. And people from Harvard, they will let you know they went there and, like, the first conversation, like it always comes up okay. in that way. Like, but Cambridge so it's real. It's not just in the movies. Oh yeah, I thought no. it was just in the movies. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm but so naive. it's funny when I went to Yale though, um, there was actually a movement to shut down the Divinity School because the admission standards were so much lower than for the rest of the oh. university. So oh they were God. like, if you were applying to law school, it's like the best law school in the country, right. and you were off the charts. And the Div School, like people had like B averages and stuff, and they wanted to oh, close that's it down. So terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Let's get so, the, yeah. We have to work really hard that's to so be fun. here, and they don't. Let's uh, right. stop this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And gotcha. they were trying to shut it down. So yeah. then they raised the standards a lot after I went there, and so. <laughs> later I was on the board and they were like oh well it's not like that low point in the early 90s when we were accepting just about anyone and I was like wait a second <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those people you accepted wait, 19 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's cool so then did you ever like experience or have friends where it's like oh hey I'm Victor hey I'm Lillian hey I'm I'm studying law it's like oh I'm studying divinity uh oh Never yeah. Studying yeah. Divinity. I have to go do something yeah, no know. and they were often or they were like you can do that here like, nobody even knew about it. They were like, what? Like, it's like we were like, it was like you said, oh, like, I'm studying in yeah. the witch program. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so weird. That's well, a beautiful campus, though. I, I love Yale's campus. Well, you've back been, then, you've been it was Yale's falling campus? down, though. It was really? falling down. The they were trying school? to, like, starve us out. It was like a siege. Oh, you know, they, went, they wouldn't paint anything. It was, like, terrible. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yale. Do you ever meet anybody, uh, anyone of notoriety, anyone famous who went to Yale, like, uh, I think Hillary Clinton went there, right? Um, yeah, well, her actually, husband. yeah, on that note, there was a guy who went to div school with me, Chris Coons, who then went to law school, and now he's a senator awesome. from Delaware. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. That's pretty cool. Are you guys still friends, Chris Coon? Um, hey, Chris. No, I haven't seen him in <laughs> yeah, all this sure. time. Shout out, shout out to Chris <laughs> yeah, Coon. Yeah. Um, Can I come visit the 
the Capitol. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. But my friends went and saw him recently, and they got a tour. They that's pretty great. cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I just want to say real quick, I was I was looking at your website to ask you questions about your book, and I'm just kind of reading, and then the last sentence, you know, suburbs of Chicago, currently about devoting herself full-time to writing, speaking, and procrastinating. <laughs> For some reason, that just, like, resonated with me, and I had to tell everyone because I just do that, like, all the time. It's really funny that you put that in there. You're a procrastinator, Lily? Yes. <laughs> awesome. It's yeah. so hard. Like, as a writer, to be a procrastinator, it's really hard because, you know, you don't, like, with a sermon, you have to write it. Like, there's a deadline. Like, you cannot get around Sunday morning. But when you're trying to write a book, there's always, like, Oh, I think yeah. I'm going to make some coffee right now. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. until I have a Just bagel, a and then, like, oh, I'm out of cream cheese. I have to go get some, and yeah. then I have to go do laundry. Does your yeah. agent get upset at you for not meeting deadlines? Actually, compared with most writers, I'm better. <laughs> you know, writers in general are horrible with deadlines. Horrible. So, right now, I'm supposed to be working on editing my book. Yeah, I was going to ask, how, <laughs> yeah. talk about uh, the one that you're uh, writing right now, or finishing up, that's coming out. Yeah, so the new book is called Tired of Apologizing for a Church I Don't Belong to. How did how long did it take you to come up with that title? Did you come up with the title before you started writing or while you were writing yeah, it? Yeah, believe it or not, the title was longer before, and my editor helped me shorten it. I don't know why I have these really ridiculously long titles, but... Um, but basically, I'm so sick of how people talk about religion these days. And, like, when they describe the church, you know, and we're supposed to sort of accept what they're saying like they stereotype you know and we're expected to apologize for it all the time and i'm just sick of it and particularly people who are like kind of open-minded christians are always like oh yeah like the inquisition like i'm sorry <laughs> it's like no i didn't do the inquisition like gotcha. don't, you know don't describe my church like that yeah. like yeah you know we yeah. ordain women like we'll do your gay marriage like no, I'm not going to apologize for the Salem witch trials. Like, you know, okay. <laughs> and like, okay. you know, um, but sort of pushing back on how people, you know, will, will talk about the church and lump everything together. So I have an interesting question mm-hmm. and all of my questions are always interesting. They are. No, they're not. <laughs> they are. No, they the hell they're not. But this yeah. one probably is. Um, <laughs> do you go to church? This question is for me. Yeah. Um, that means no. It's not an immediate yes. It means no, or okay, it means or it means on Christmas and Easter. Do you go to church? No. Okay. I do not go to church. Why not? But, uh, why not? Why not? Yeah. Hey, I, I don't got, go I, to church because um, I feel like a lot of the things we are told um, are lies. I I kind of feel like uh, churches have incentives to do things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, it's a very skeptical mind. I don't believe in the authenticity of it anymore. I do read my Bible. I do pray to the man upstairs, and I am God-fearing. Um, and I respect everyone. And he does believe it's a man upstairs. Let me give you that, that, give you that emoji. That, yeah. This one like this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. like, that's just me. So did you go to church growing up? And have an experience of church. Yes, that, ma'am. That I'm. I'm. You. Yeah. Don't call oh, me you do that. No. <laughs> I, you know, I'm. I can't. You're. You know, you're a lady with your accomplishments. I've got to. You know, my mother would tear my ears if I didn't refer to you okay. as ma'am. Hi, mom. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. It's just uh, just kind of learning things and, and just kind of seeing where things are like going. For example, the whole Christmas thing. You know what I'm saying? Be like, honest, though. Why don't you go to church on Sundays? <laughs> because I don't believe in a lot of the Dude, stuff they're saying. Dude, I got you, Neil. This is why. And this is going to sound very yeah. shocking and people are going to get angry. But it's 
it's real. So going, not going to church, it's like the same thing in college. Like you don't need to go to class to learn how to do what you want to learn how to do. You can go to church. You can go to church. You can go to class and make it beneficial. But it's like if you're just like not that type of person, or you just want to learn by books and interacting with, or whatever the case is, it's mm-hmm. it's no different. It's no. Okay, different. so like this is the thing. So first, I don't care if you go to church or not. Like I don't. She, think... She really does. She's judging. Yeah. Deep no, down, no, so. but I don't think you're going to burn in hell or anything like that. <laughs> no, like I don't think Jesus no. is waiting there and saying like, "Oh, Lillian, finally you're here. All your people have got it right." You know. Uh-huh. Um, and I believe God works through different religions, too. But what I think is that it's like anything. If you go deeper in it and you take it seriously, you get more from it. You know? So, yes, you can learn in different ways. Mm-hmm. But, for example, like a musical instrument, if you never practice, you know, right. you're not going to have as deep a sense of it. And so yeah. I choose to go deep into a particular religion, you know, Christianity and my own tradition, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the more you learn about Jesus, the more open-minded you're going to be, you know, because that's yeah, what Jesus absolutely. was, right? Absolutely. And and so, um, but I don't like it, you know, when people will say like, oh, you know, I see God in the sunset or nature. Like, okay, we all see God in the sunset in nature, right? Like, what do you want, a medal? But, <laughs> you know, it's, but there is some value to like community and a tradition yeah, and learning absolutely. about it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. See, here's what I think. <laughs> I think it's on a Sunday morning and it's boring. That yeah, is that is what I, that is what I yeah. think yeah. is that yeah. if if you went to church and there were interesting sermons being preached, if you went to church and it was an engaging service, you'd probably be more likely to yeah. wake up well, people who you're yeah. talking I went, to. I mean, um, like, there's so many things that I feel like I went to uh church in Chicago with I went with Jeff some and I really really liked it because it was really really different than uh the, the typical idea you think of with church and it was really really fun and i had a great yeah. time and then i moved out of the city and so i didn't go there i wasn't going to commute there he met a few girls at church that no, were attractive that, yeah. they liked each other yeah. and that's why he kept going no. to church the moment <laughs> that, you left the city he see, stopped going you know the reality oh, is like there's so many interesting churches out there and a lot of people say oh the church of my childhood or that was boring or whatever but the truth is yeah. though it's like there aren't there are. aren't a lot of good churches out there in reality it's like I know. The preach- what well, are the, the prerequisites preaching. for just opening up a church? You just go like pay the county and you start build. How? What do you guys know? <laughs> what's the process? No taxes. What's There's the no process taxes. like? Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, it's um, anybody could start a church, yeah. right? You know, cool. you can like John Oliver started the church. My my, yeah. my great uncle has a church in, yeah. in our village. Well, we could open one right here, and oh. then you could go. The, on yeah. the temple of straight up. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. that, would be pretty, yeah. that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, that um, could be a nonprofit. But I, but, I, <laughs> yeah. but I do hear crazy stuff like um, the amount of yeah. money that goes in those offering baskets. Yeah, like thousands upon thousands of dollars. He's yeah. told me about, and uh, wow. it's just crazy. Like it's like like it's almost like I feel like it's 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 an investment. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about a relationship with the Lord, um, money shouldn't be involved. Now, to what extent, because money's always got to play some sort of role in anything and everything we do, I mean, I'll have to figure that out, but that's where I am. I've had people tell me that they've gone to churches or they've, they've been to a church and they've seen like the, like just flat screen televisions, like in the floor with plexiglass over it. So when you're walking in, you can see like what it's just like the, um, the agenda for the day or like yeah, just like it'll yeah. have like li- lyrics to or, yeah. uh, 
verse or whatever, whatever it is. And I'm just like, the heck are you guys? This is probably like a four or five thousand dollar television yeah. on top of the cost of installing it. What? Like, what are you doing for what? real? Are you serious? <laughs> like, then, what? So this is what they're saying. Like, yeah. but the then I think, right but now, then I like, think it's to keep. This is my. Yeah. I mean, not all churches are like this, but if you look on the other side, the other side of things, it's to, it would be in my. Best, I guess to keep customers coming in, well, just dishing the, your money out. They, yeah, you can then yeah. see what your money is buying you, and you're more comfortable to just go somewhere. Well, some people, like there are some churches that are set up just like what people are comfortable with in society. So screens, it right. feels like a stadium, yeah. you know. But there are also people like me. I'm, n- I'm never going to go to a church like that. I'm not going to like it. Right? I like old school. I like. I like to listen to a person talk. I mean, what you guys are doing here is you're talking, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not flashy. And I think a lot of Damn. people are exhausted by screens. You know, they're tired of it. They spend their whole day in front of a screen. And they want to go to church and have it be different. You know, and have it be old school. I think there's a generational gap, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like people, you know, in their mid mid to late 20s are just like you know inundated social media everything yeah. that constantly go 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 like that's that. why i like and small groups so yeah. it's so much more enriching and fulfilling than like going and, and sitting somewhere but the thing is too there's different people so like me i'd rather do a small group and have that feeling than go somewhere and feel like i'm being lectured. maybe not lectured yeah. is that i don't want to say what their people are mm. those people are doing is not important or any have any less value to someone else but like I would just rather be talking and have a wholesome conversation with people than sit there and be spoken at. And that's an awesome way to do church. Like, that's how the early church was. Like, it was people sitting in their living rooms and talking about Jesus. Like, that's what they did. And they were eating and they were just talking and hanging out. And then we go from that to, like, having communion and sitting in pews, you know. Right. Um, But I do think there's a role of the preachers, like the teacher. And sometimes it is good to listen to somebody who's, like, put some thought into it. You know. What is uh, your opinion on the path to God? And by that I mean, like, you... I've read several books, East, like, Eastern religious books, Christianity, and I, I want to start reading the um, Quran just to read all these different mm-hmm. things. For the most part, what I've witnessed, it's all kind of the same thing, and then there's little details in each thing. But one book that I read was, like, they make this comparison, like, well, what's if the objective is to get to the top of the mountain and see God? What does it matter as long as you're taking a path that eventually leads itself up? So, can you just speak on that, or what have you heard colleagues of yours say with different things like that, or anything? So, I would totally agree with you. Like what you just yeah. said, I agree with that. Um, but I think there's value in the path, right? You know, like you you dig into something and you learn about it, and there's value in it. So, I'm happy if you do that in the Jewish tradition or whatever you want to do. I think there's less value in kind of lily dipping around and being yeah. like, oh, I consider myself a Quaker. Right. And like, does any Quaker think you're a Quaker? You know, um, <laughs> you know, like yeah. people put a lot of thought into what it means to be a Quaker. And you're like, oh, I like, you know, read half a chapter about being a Quaker. You know? So um, like, I think there's value in going deep and taking something seriously. And, right. Yeah. But as far as like, yeah, getting a prize in heaven because you did it one way. Sadly, and I think in heaven we're all going to have to deal with each other, like all those people we thought were wrong. I when I when I would be reading, like I remember when I started reading the New Testament on a regular basis, starting five years ago, and I have all these notes and stuff, and people don't believe me. It's like, no, I got all. Not that I'm trying to prove myself, but I have all these notes of things I found um, real interesting, and then I 
was realizing like heaven in my it's like heaven is here and now like yeah there's well when we no it's like everything is so beautiful we're on this earth in this physical world and like birds chirping and interacting and everything is just so like great everything is that's so awesome you know but this is like the physical heaven. well okay that's, but think about this if god is bigger than time right i know and god exists outside of time then we might have moments of heaven on earth because there's no past right future right you know so in our minds heaven is in the future because we still exist in time what we should do is just come get people together from churches and get people together from like nasa and just talk about time and god because i love talking I about love that stuff talk about i love talking about and time and space and being and outside like of time is just such a and, weird yeah. concept like and so that's why you know you think like oh will you meet your loved ones in heaven yeah but you might meet like people who haven't been born yet you know oh my gosh i love that so stuff. mind-blowing do you <laughs> um, that stuff <laughs> philosophical um, conversations do you do you preach uh, from a from a Bible, Lillian, or do you do you like do you like reference the Bible in yes. your sermons? Yeah, okay. I'll take like a piece, a, a thing from the Bible, mm-hmm. one piece. Mm-hmm. And they read it out loud, and then I'll talk about that. Okay, and then you'll relate that to whatever message you're trying to convey. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you believe that the Bible foreshadows a lot of the stuff that's happening today and like the present right now? You mean the kooky stuff about like the horses and the rapture and all that? There's kind a of. movie, The yeah. Omen. Actually, I oh, think yeah. they do that in The Omen, yeah. the remake from a few years ago. They go through the first, I think, the first six trumpets, and yeah. like the seventh trumpet I'm is coming. And they, yeah. Yeah. So, well, they use I was in jail. They I used the Left Behind series. Oh my gosh! Like, oh my god! It was like the Left Behind series. It was yeah. like I, scary. Like I was like, oh my god! Like I'm glad I'm in behind bars yeah, so I that mean, the horseman can't get me. No, I know. Yeah. I know. No, I th- I'm so suspicious when people try to interpret the Bible and say, oh, it's about this president or it's about like you know this government. I think that's so stupid. But, but the Left Behind series is the dumbest ever. And, like, the movie was hilarious. Kirk Cameron, like, oh, my gosh. So he he made a movie about the rapture. Yeah, you know? starring Nicholas Cage. And this was so yeah. funny. So when they have the moment of the rapture, you know, all the good people disappear from the airplane. And then there's, like, the stewardess who's, like, having an affair. And, like, she's still on the plane. And, like, everyone who disappears, like, their clothes are left there, but not their underwear. And so it's, like... Did they wear their underwear to heaven? <laughs> like, it was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, that yeah. is such an interesting thing to notice. Did you, yeah. did you like, notice that yourself? I because, or did you? because I'm sure they were like, oh, it's a Christian okay. movie. We can't show underwear. Oh but it's like, gosh. let's take yeah. that to its logical conclusion. Yeah. You take your underwear There's with you. There's underwear in heaven. And yeah, so you know your underwear. mother's like, oh... Change Make your sure underwear you your- in case you get taken in an ambulance somewhere. It's like right. you'll be wearing it for eternity. I was going to say, like, make sure you have a clean pair of underwear yeah. for the rapture. I mean, in heaven, cool. everyone's going to be in their underwear. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so the answer to my question is no, not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, I'm really suspicious when people try to say, oh, the Bible means like this gotcha. and that in this immediate moment. The gotcha. thing that's so cool about the Bible is it reflects deep truths about humanity and the world. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like. Do I believe that, like, there was an ark and there were two of every animal and stuff um, and that, you know, that that God, like, sent the flood? No. Uh, you know, no. Like, when you go to divinity school, you learn that so many religions have flood narratives that are yeah. very similar. You know, but then you ask yourself, why do they have flood narratives? Because there's something deep and important about the idea of rebuilding and the earth being temporary. And okay. Tell us a little about the article that you have recently on your website. 
I was reading that earlier with the picture of the ark and of Noah's ark. Of uh, tired of apologizing for a church I don't belong yeah. to. What do you do with weird stories like Noah's ark? Yeah, what do you do with weird stories like Noah's ark? Right, and I think as a preacher, you acknowledge like this is not history, right? Like this does not, um, and and science is not the enemy of that story. That story is about. Um, really screwing up and you get a second chance, you know, or disaster hitting and then trying to find meaning in it. Um, But I think Noah's Ark is a funny story. So you think, so it's all figurative, not literal. Right, it's not literal. I mean, who would think it's literal? You know, it's like, hello. And and I think we we preachers have to acknowledge that you know like do there's I, smart people sitting there like do I believe it's just I, you, I, I don't know I don't I, I think yeah. you are you going to tell had, me we had many of conversations I'm, I'm, about no this. I mean well or there might have been a boat with a bunch of animals oh, but he was also a conspiracy theorist so yeah. you know that makes it no i to not communicate a, on a rational really I remember when I told you what Nambla was and you didn't believe me okay 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 how, how, how about this all right um maybe not to that extent obviously school, maybe man. it's yeah. a little exaggerated I, yeah. I agree with you there but like yeah I, I mean there are floods that happen right. I mean it's not like crazy to believe that like no I believe that, that there are floods 4, but it's like but can you can you redeem it you know can you gotcha. say like yeah, God yeah. cared about you yeah. during the flood um and not say like, well, what happened to the two dodos on the ark? Like, where? Is that? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, it's yeah. just. Not I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got fell you. overboard. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's why we don't have dodos anymore. Right? Or like, where'd they put the dinosaurs on the boat? Like, oh, okay, that's it. I don't believe in the Bible. Oh, uh, they forgot. Like, they yeah, were late. They were they late to... for dinosaurs. Like, no, like they they never thought they were describing biology or history. They always knew that. It's like, but we're like, oh, I can't believe it. That's factually inaccurate. Speaking, like we're the first generation yeah. to notice it. You know? I know, yeah, I know what you mean, too. But speaking of history, uh, what are your thoughts on the programs on the History Channel? Because I like it because it's just entertaining. Rich is like, oh, my gosh, like, they're just a bunch of quacks. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I don't have cable, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have, good, you're not missing much. You know, There's not much going on yeah, there. Yeah, like, like, just, you know, just living in my head is like being in the History Channel. So. What I've been doing is trying not to watch so much television and like fill my time doing more constructive things like reading a bunch uh-huh. and uh i'll eat i'll watch tv if i'm like eating something real quick i'll watch for maybe one hour a day but i've noticed like okay okay i'm not gonna watch tv Ugh, what do i do it's like mm-hmm. i've well, already I, read yeah. i've already played piano i've already done these things and i was like well i guess i gotta read again just keep reading it's like oh this is it's just pretty nice once it's a habit it's like okay this is really nice just reading <sighs> I know I don't read enough. Like I watch so much stuff. I still watch a lot of TV, but I just watch all on my computer. You uh, yeah, know? and yeah. I binge watch. In that Netflix game, oh, get love you trapped. That. What are you I on? What that. are you watching right now? Hmm? True Detective. True Detective. I heard that's <gasps> so great. So good. The second season is so good. I just finished The Killing. Um, yeah. I try not to get sucked into that. Uh, Ray Donovan is a little brutal right now but yeah, yeah love those shows i basically will watch anything that takes place in outer space or courtroom that's nice. my wheelhouse. what about uh <laughs> house of cards i've seen love like that. three or four episodes love of that, that. Episode. love her clothes gosh she's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> i need to catch up on the shows tell us about your second book what was the title of it uh the new book you mean yeah, yeah. i'm tired of apologizing for a church i don't belong to what was the first one uh, well, this is actually my fourth book. So fourth? Yeah. My last book was called When Spiritual But Not Religious Is Not Enough. Okay. Then the so one before that. Go through the ti- all the titles. Uh, yeah. All the titles, chronological Okay. Order. <laughs> the first book was called Tell It Like It Is. 
The second book was This Odd and Wondrous Calling. The third book was When Spiritual But Not Religious Is Not Enough. Mm-hmm. And the fourth book will be Tired of Apologizing. And that's coming out when? Church. I don't belong to. Um, sometime next year. Yeah, sometime next year. But I'm tired Whenever of apologizing. I'm <laughs> here already. Right. Like, yeah. Well, this is going to air next year, so it's coming this oh, year. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah so it'll be, it'll like, probably, it'll be no. November, I think, or September of okay. 2016. So in a couple months. As long as it doesn't get in the way of your procrastinating, it'll come out eventually. I know. Yeah. Like, supposedly the dilemma was, like, do you put it out before the election or after? Because the election Are you talking is, about the election? In, huh? in your book at all? Like the presidential election? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not talking about the presidential election. It's all intertwined. But, the, but one of the things they're thinking is like when politicians talk about religion, then maybe like my book would be relevant, you know, to say, oh, that's yeah. not a good way to talk about religion or that's okay. Do you believe politics and religion should be separate? They shouldn't be intertwined? Um, I, I don't see how you can separate any of these things like... You know, religion is political, and political is about people, and people bring their faith. So, so I think Americans are sort of weirdly um, obsessed with this idea of Jefferson's Wall that separates church and state. But like, how do you separate that within yourself? You know. Gotcha. Yeah. You ever had a political career? You ever thought about thought about going into politics? No. No, no. <laughs> Other than church politics. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. yeah. Real politics, that's for amateurs. So what would you st- say that the uh, current state of preaching is in right now on the wider level? Oh, gosh. Well, I hear you. It's about, kind of a yeah, yeah, how redundant boring, question. How yeah. boring. I mean, I do get it. Like, like what, recently I've been, you know, not serving a church and I've been going around to churches. And what passes for preaching is really can be pretty bad. Can be pretty bad. Would you they, say it's because of like the content, or people just aren't don't speak well in front of others? Or what do you think attributes yeah. to that? Well, sometimes they'll be excellent speaker, but there is no content. There's no there there. Kind of what you're describing, you know, like prosperity gospel and all that nonsense. And then other times, yeah, somebody might have something to say, but they don't say it well. But mostly, I've found it was people not saying anything. Like, they'll be like, oh, blah, blah, blah on the one hand, and then on the other hand. And they, they use all this crazy, phony, baloney language, like, let us, let us now, and one might, and now it's like let we're, us. we're in the 21st century. Yeah, like, uh, who talks like that? Like, let us be about a spirit of prayer. Like, oh, my gosh, like, I who think talks of, like Yeah, that? like, super old school, 200 years ago type. Yeah. In a log church without any air conditioning type right. stuff. Right, but it's like, one might suggest, and one might argue, it's like... What, what is going on here? So, Just see, tell you're telling people think. to go back to church, and all they're going to find are these crappy you, preachers. Are these, who are, just, are these in random places? Oh Do you see these God. in certain regions of the country yeah. or certain areas of town, or these are just, they just yeah. come up randomly? Well, I mean, okay, so yeah, it's true. Like, well, if you heard What are you doing? What are you doing to us? Go back to church. Oh, my God, my eyes are bleeding right now. But there's a lot of people doing intelligent, interesting stuff in church. Are there really? I think so. There's there's people that are doing, like, intelligent, interesting stuff not in churches. That's true, too. Like us. That's what I was referring to. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think you have a right to expect good preaching where you learn something and you get something out of it. And so if it's just, like give me money, you know, or buy my new CD series or whatever. Like, yeah. Hey, check out my new mixtape. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, some of it is pretty weird. And I did find like when I was going to church and not being the minister, 
I hate all that sitting and standing, sitting and standing. I get so confused. Am I standing? Am I, I sitting? And I I'm looking it. around, and everyone else Catholic is looking around. Catholic Church, especially. Yeah, you it's, don't know uh, what you're doing yeah. when. And, and then, like, uh, wait, are the words in the in the book yeah. this time? Oh, they're not in the book this time. Okay. Oh, no, right, it's well. the other book. It's the other book. That's oh, under the other. Oh, no, it's in the pamphlet that we gave you. It's in the pamphlet that they gave you. Like you're onto something else. What is going on? Yeah, and also, like, in some churches, there's just so much talking. Like, now we're going to, like, there's, like, different ministers, and they're like, now we're going to tell you that we're going to do this thing. Now we're going to pray about it. Now we're going to talk about the prayer we just did. Now we're going to explain it again. Now somebody else is going to get up and give a mini-sermon. Now it's like, and you're just like, could everybody just shut up? At least, though, on Christmas, it's, like, actually, in, it's, like, entertaining. Like, there's, oh, there's bells, and there's singing, and there's candles. Fire. Like, give me some of that <laughs> yeah. fire. No, I think in a lot of churches, there's too many words. And, like, Christmas Eve, people love it because there's stuff other than the words. Remove the words, yeah. just throw in a DVD, you know? Uh, <laughs> oh um, no, I'm just kidding. You are, okay, so you're a current pastor. Yeah. You'll be going to a new church in yeah. February. You're a former pastor. Yes. Do either of you guys have healing powers? Every day through their words. Seriously. And prayer. I mean, when you guys see, like, when you guys see pastors, like, you two, Ricks, like, when you guys see pastors, like, and you see, like, this theatrical, like, I'm going to heal you type stuff, and, you know, he couldn't walk for such and such time, I touched his knee, now he's walking fine, like... When you guys see all that stuff, like, do you guys just sit back and kind of laugh? Like, no, I think if you truly have the ability to do that, I wouldn't make a show of it. Mm-hmm. I would just do it a very humble. Yeah, I would way. like go to medical school if I had that. I think it's all BS <laughs> like, when I see yeah, that happening. Yeah. Like when I scalpel, see scalpel, and yeah. then just kind of like touch him. All right, yeah, yeah. this surgery. No, done. I'm very Magnetic skeptical problems. of it, but I do think like God has healing powers in the world, and I've had times where I've witnessed people who've had healings that you can't explain. I don't think I caused it, and I don't think they caused it either. But I've also, you know, prayed with people and watched something happen. Like, and you can't explain that. That's not about you having a healing power, but I think there's a lot more going on in the world than just what we experience. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, my midichlorian count is pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that I have the power to heal. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Rick's if anyone does, you need this guy to my life. That's really funny. Sorry, I'm in a Star Wars mood right now. No, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, but but I think, um, and I mean, you know, I I once was in a hospital with this guy who had pulled out his leg from the socket. Like, and this guy was in so much pain. And they, nobody was willing to just, like, snap it back in place, which was what it required. Except for you. Yeah, man. No. <laughs> and, like, but they couldn't give him anything either, and he was just, like, there for hours and hours. And, like, it was interesting that I would pray with him, and you could see he would kind of, like, relax a little bit. And he was in excruciating pain, you know? Yeah. But finally I went and, like, yelled at the doctor and said, they didn't, he needs to go like- in there and snap that leg back in. And, like don't worry about his insurance right now. And finally somebody went in and they were like, leave the room. And they're like, and then he was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, <laughs> they wouldn't even give him like aspirin or anything. No, they wouldn't give him anything. It was, we can't give him aspirin. He might it was die. Terrible. And we don't want to be it was terrible. Like, yeah. I mean, I use, I YouTube some of that stuff. Like it is just like, it's very amusing to me. Like what? Like someone like won't be able to walk and like, they'll get healed by a pastor. And he, somebody from the south and they're like yeah. you don't need that cane and yeah, then he they throws it across the guy starts walking like yeah. this and like you know he's like I've been saved you know like I'm just have like have you ever been to a church with people like remember that scene in Borat when he's running up and down in the church where people are like uh, falling down passing I out and going crazy I love the movie crazy. Borat seriously I love that movie yes oh yes oh there's so many we could go off on Borat oh but my. I love Borat 
You love Borat. I do, I do. <laughs> I like it when he's meeting with the feminists. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I forgot that scene. He's I like, like being interviewed by these feminists and he's like, I cannot understand oh, what this man oh, is saying. Oh, to oh me. yeah. I, I remember that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that funny movie. Girl. Just has no boundaries. Funny girl. <laughs> oh man. So funny. Yeah. Um, His cool. Sister. Uh, well, is there anything that you want to talk about that we didn't ask or have covered yet? Yeah. What's what's what, what do you got going on? You know, in the new year, besides your book and new job, you're about to be busy. I have cats. You know. How many you got cats, a lot of you cats? Got? Three. Three. Yeah. Okay. Do you know where I can? Do you know where I can get a cat? Because I've been I've been yearning for like a small animal to have around lately just like a God, puppy or a kitten just <laughs> or a squirrel like no squirrels squirrel. if they can be domesticated a squirrel. If a squirrel would be domesticated that'd be kind of cool but it'd be weird to just have one that's from outside i love cats i love cats you can't have one of mine I'm like, no, you can you can keep the cats a little in. <laughs> I will pick up one of your books though. Yeah. Rick says you're a very good writer. You do, I love uh, to read some of your when stuff. you when your book comes out, are you going to do a book signing? Do you do book signings? Have you? Yes. Yeah. No. I'll probably have a tour like about the book and go places. Tour. And oh, talk nice. About it. Yeah. Are these places huh? inside the United States or outside the United States? I want to go outside the United States. Like I'll do anything to go outside the United States. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how the election goes. Oh, God. Yeah. I may be moving. No. <laughs> Uh, no, it's really fun. My rule, though, is like I, I don't like to go talk places where people haven't read the book. So mm-hmm. anybody, if they read the book, I'll go talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I hate it when they want you to come and then they're like, "Tell us about your book." I'm like, "No, that's why I wrote it." Yeah. You know, like all the good stuff is <laughs> in the book. A, that's a very read good answer. Book, you know, and yeah, then like, come over. That's the whole point. Like that's why people write books because you know it, it took be. 200 pages to say it. Like, no. well, what's it about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they want to have the book and have you tell them about it, and, and then say, yeah. "Oh, she told me about the book. Exactly. I, I didn't read. It. I didn't read exactly. it." Yeah. It's like it took me all that time to write it. You know. Cool. How do you decide your topics for uh, your various yeah. <laughs> books? Uh, what I often do is just I do a ton, a ton, a ton of writing, and then I step back from it and I say, "Oh, there's the topic." Like this. Keep, so this tired of apologizing thing keeps coming up. Yeah. You know. It's not like I sit down and say that's what I'm going to write about. It's more like I look yeah, at what I have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, like it could also be like stories about like my dead parents and cats would be another title, possibly. Also very funny. But, yeah, I've like, heard somebody refer to their parents. Yeah, my dead parents. My like, dead parents. And my, my late cats. parents or my parents who've passed. Yeah. That's a lot of my writing is people says stories about like your dead parents and your pets. Like you got to be honest, but like nobody wants to publish that book. Stories Why? about my dead parents not, and my cat. Because doesn't sound very like intellectual or. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it's not. But it's real. It's real. You know. It's straight up. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> Perfect. Straight man. up. Okay, we can, so we can end on that. Yeah, we'll say. We'll say. What? What is your? What is your? If you could say, give one pitch to these two dudes to like try and convince them to go to church. Maybe me. We're gonna that. You know, I'd say be open. Be as open, I'm open. about that. Like so. Victor, so I'm, Victor, I'm very open. I am open. Just, he, he just doesn't. But how can you can't expect yeah. me to be engaged when I feel bored? So you shouldn't. So go I got to go to the right. You yeah. got to find the right That's place. That's what I'm saying. Like so, if you were like looking for a college, right, and you visited one college and you didn't like it, you don't say, "Well, that's it." Like right. I didn't like it. 
you know, I'm not going to, you'd be like, no, I'm going to keep looking at colleges. We shouldn't generalize churches because we've had a couple of bad experiences. Yeah, so I'm saying put as much effort into it as you would put into other areas of your life. Dating, you know? Dating, yeah. Like, you don't say, like, yeah, I had a bad (laughs) date. I'm never going to do it again, you know? Yeah, Yeah. the benefits of this church is this. The benefits of this church is that. But, like, so often people are like, oh, I hate church. When's the last time you went? Ten years ago. You know, how many churches did you go to? Like, one, you know? Okay. And it's like, wow, you wouldn't say that about something else. You know. Right. To say yeah, the I, I don't think you've sold them. I'm not saying I'm I know it's not kind of like church. what I'm saying I'm is like saying. it's going to be horrible, but go to ten and you might find one. Good. <laughs> yes. yeah, I, no, I get it. She's just like keep, a, keep an open mind. You can't just because you had a bad experience yeah. someplace doesn't mean they're all terrible. And put some effort into it. You I don't think you got to work at it. Like instruments, like anything, you got to work at it. There's going to be times where you don't want to go to church or do anything. But yeah, but I think you know, especially when life hits you with some serious pain and agony, that's where having a religious tradition in place is helpful. And you don't want to be out looking at that moment, you know? It's like that is the sort of thing where you should put some work into it throughout your life as you would about being educated. Think of it as preventative care. Yeah, you know, but you put some work into it. You don't sit back and say, oh, it's like boring. You can't be complacent. You can't just go so you can say, oh, I went to church. Check but that also, off like, yeah, checklist. if you don't want to go, don't go, you know. But um, <laughs> but don't say things about the church like, oh, it's all full of, like, hypocrites or whatever. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah, I got you. I mean, if we're ever in Dubuque, Iowa, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, what, what church are you What church going to work at? First Congregational, Dubuque, Iowa. Okay, we'll come check you out for sure. Oh, I would love that. We That'd could do, like, a Absolutely, show there. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, that'd be fun. We could do a so show you're heading there. to Dubuque, Iowa, and your website is liliandaniel.com. Are you on... Twitter. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your uh, Twitter handle? Lillian F. Daniel. Lillian F. Daniel. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to give him the other Twitter handle? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? Do we want? No, no you no. have to tell us. No. <laughs> we won't go there. We can edit it out. Is that the Lillian Daniel account when she's not wearing the collar? It's like I have one. Seriously, it's like top secret. Shitty ministers. Club. Oh, perfect. But my Twitter handle is Shitty Ministers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's like a secret underground. <laughs> well, 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 what is it? Rev. Awesome. Rev. Uh, Irrev. Irrev, yeah. yeah. Irrev. That's where Irrev. I put, like, just, like, things I'm annoyed about. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, stop See, posting no. pictures of your own cooking on Facebook. Like, <laughs> you, should, you should write a book uh, of Proverbs, Lillian. Seriously. <laughs> like That's your own, like, little really? Lillian Daniels Proverbs. You've got some interesting Don't stuff to say. Don't eat anything bigger than you your can head. Make, oh you can make a calendar of Fun, Never like, eat a place named mom. Oh my goodness. Never help a friend move. Like yeah. words to live by. Like, Never date a girl with two first names. Oh, really? That's what I That heard. eliminates like all my southern relatives. Like that's <laughs> it. Like Mary Harris. Like so that's yeah, like we'll wait till twenty seventeen to put that one into place. Twenty sixteen we'll keep an open mind still. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Cool. Well yeah, I'm I'm out of questions. I'm great. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think uh, that wraps things up. Thank you for <laughs> coming on the show and sharing your thoughts. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Yeah, Thank you so much. I appreciate Thank it. You.